This is Healing Justice, a podcast bridging conversations at the intersections of collective healing and social change. I'm your host, Kate Werning, and each week we share a conversation with a powerful leader and an accompanying audio practice to help resource you in your leadership and the well-being of you and your people. And you are here today to practice leading a song with intention. Helen Bennett and Alana Lerman of If Not Now are going to walk us through it. And there's some really juicy stuff in this practice. It's almost like a train the facilitator practice. We're going to be talking about how to relate to uh, cultural appropriation when leading songs in movement spaces, learning the story of songs, and a lot of really practical techniques around presenting and teaching songs and even techniques for how to end a song. So if y'all have ever been like leading a song in a movement space and it ends really awkwardly and one person keeps singing because they thought you were doing another round and all of those little things happen that make us feel sort of awkward, uh, maybe rather than like enthused and united, there's some really practical tips in this practice to support you with that. It's like a mini training in, uh, in song leading. So the only resource that you're going to need for this practice is the link that's in your show notes. So that would be in the app that you're listening uh, to this episode on. It's like all of the notes that are part of the episode. Um, or if you're listening from your browser, it would be the text that accompanies the episode. If you click that link, there's an awesome uh, public resource that Helen and Alana have created that we can use to sort of follow along. So you'll hear them teach you uh, the techniques and the tips during this practice, but you also have a nice handout to sort of support you when you go and lead songs yourself. So I want to just say a quick word about who Helen and Alana are and where they're coming from with these practices. So they're both leaders in If Not Now, which is a movement founded and led by Jews working to transform the American Jewish community's support for the occupation in Israel-Palestine into a call for freedom and dignity for all Palestinians and Israelis. And Alana Lerman was one of the early mischief makers in If Not Now, and is currently the spiritual and cultural life organizer with Jewish Voice for Peace, and co-leads a Jewish liberatory singing retreat called Let My People Sing. Helen Bennett is a community organizer, trainer, and spiritual director, and as a volunteer organizer for If Not Now, Helen leads on and loves to geek out about culture as strategy, which you already know if you heard the conversation this week. So if you listen to the episode prior to this one, you'll hear Helen and Alana talk about culture building and how song plays into the way that we build culture in our movements that is healing and unifying. And in that conversation, you also hear the brilliant voice of Michal David. So make sure that you check out that episode to hear a little bit more. So go ahead and click that link in the show notes and follow along and we'll be singing with you. Here's Helen. Oh, hey, it's Helen Bennett. I'm here with Alana Lerman. Um, we are so pleased to be here from If Not Now to share um, some guidance around song leading, around bringing singing to movement space. Um, if Not Now is a movement being led by young Jews across North America to transform our community's support for the occupation in Israel-Palestine into 
a call for freedom and dignity for all, Israelis and Palestinians. And goodness knows it is hard work, you know. Um, it's a long and hard road that has come before us, and it's, you know, a big project. It requires deep, deep resilience, and we've been learning, relearning, unlearning again, coming back to learning more about the power of song, um, the transformational effect that music, that singing together can bring. Um, and we're pleased to get to share some of that practice with you. Um, and I want to tell you a little bit about why, as Jews, as a movement of Jewish people, um, we do this work, as we do the singing work together. Um, it happens that for centuries, Jews have turned to song to call our people to praise, to mourn, to take action together, to join in solidarity, to learn, and to mark time, just no matter what it might be. And in our movement, and if not now, the songs that we sing align us with our purpose. They bring us back to why we're here. They align us with our hope. Um, they bring us together with our people at large, and they bring um, really old traditions, the ancient languages that we have come from, um, into life today. Um, yeah, we get connected to what's current, and we get connected to what's old, and we get connected, for some of us, to prayer through music. Um, the songs teach our strategy. They demand our dignity. And in the words of Stefan Brackett of the Flowbots and of Momentum, the songs make our actions suck less. Really real talk. Thank you, Stefan. Um, Alana and I have um, done a lot of thinking about movement music. Um, and we've done some thinking that we wanted to share with you <clears throat> about singing songs from other movements of the modern day and from the past. So first thing is we are lucky to have the songs of our own Jewish traditions. They are for us to sing. That is our, our heritage. Some of us have ancestors who have been deeply involved in movements across the world for social change for a hell of a long time, for many generations, both as those directly affected and as allies. We are singing those songs. What a gift. And we recognize that this can easily turn into cultural appropriation particularly when we do not have direct links to those experiences or to those stories personally. So what we figured out and what we want to offer is what we do, which is that before we sing a song, we have a practice of honoring where it comes from. We share the movement, the struggle, or the people who birthed this, mu this music. Um, we consider, like, is it appropriate that we're singing this song? And do we know anything about the song that we can share? If we do, then good news. If we don't, let's go research. Singing these songs, the ones that we have maybe less direct links to, is one way of acknowledging that we're in a, actually a long line of movements for justice in the big picture. 
we also get to continue to create our own new movement songs. Yes, us in this current moment. We get to write new lyrics. We get to write new words to whatever the movement is calling us to feel. We get inspired by old text, Jewish text, non-Jewish text. We do not simply translate other songs into other languages in order to make them work, like making um, a movement song that is not connected to a personal experience, translating that into Hebrew, let's say, to make it like Jewish. Um, that's, that's not quite right um, in order to find connection. One possibility instead is to incorporate a Jewish text or a similar, um, some kind of material with a similar theme and vision into that moment. We want to really be mindful of what long history we have as Jewish people in our movement. That's where we're sitting, that's where we're moving from. Um, and also want to really honor and uplift the multiplicity, complexity, and diversity, the beauty really of all the different kinds of powerful move- movement music there is from which to draw upon. For if not now, <clears throat> from the beginning, um, our leaders have been building relationships with leaders from Cosecha, from Black Lives Matter, from the Dream Defenders, from other movements that are all connected in the family of Momentum, the Momentum community, where <clears throat> we've been creating and sharing songs um, just like intermittently at trainings, in action, um, late at late night hangouts, like it's been an ongoing learning and cross pollination process, which is such power. We know that diversity keeps our movement strong and interconnected. We understand this interconnected system as um, an ecology, an an ecological system of access, of ancestries, of struggles and strategies for resistance. Song is part of the way we arrive in interdependent relationship. It's through the resonance, it's through the teaching that we build trust, build a deep knowing of one another. And that's what it's really in the big picture about. We are building a culture that is accountable to what's been hard, what needs moving, and we're building culture that is compassionate, that is loving, that is warm and welcoming, that is deeply aware that the change is possible. We are also building a culture that is vibrant, that is alive, that gets to experiment, iterate, and grow. So, that's the scoop. We want to ask you as you dive now into learning about how to teach a song, to remember to always honor the history of each song, to learn it yourself, to share it, and to find both your humility and power in it. With that, we will each get to lift each other up. 
So now let's imagine that we are in a big bustling room. The energy is awesome. You've gotten the right people there. Some you've known forever. Some are new, new to the movement, new to this group or organization that you're helping. And it's on you to open the space. And um, you know that people have taken uh, a risk to be there. People have made decisions. People have traveled. People have put things down. People have... Um, have have come far and wide. So you start humming in the room. You bring a few people with you to start humming the song that you want to lead with. So you're not using the words yet. You're just getting that tune into the air. And you know you may, might need to walk around the room to get more people singing. You walk confidently. You bring your full facilitator, badass self. And finally, folks quiet down in their seats and you bring the tune to a close. So this is a moment that you get to, you know, have a moment of welcoming um, and then bring it back to this song that you wanna really open with. And um, in opening and presenting a song, there's some prep you have to do. It'd be great to already have the words up on the wall. This makes it accessible. Um, and you also, want to teach where this song comes from. You want to teach its origins, just as Helen was taking us through. So anything you know about it, then you get to teach the song. So there's a lot of different ways to teach songs. And depending on the kind of song it is, you're going to want to choose uh, a way that is most appropriate for that song. So a few techniques that are really awesome is doing a line by line, like repeat after me. Um, like... We rise, and you would ask everyone to sing that back at you. And during that time, you want to point to yourself, then point to the room, point to yourself, so they really know the breaks that you're um, doing that. And you want to be thoughtful about the breaks. So this is awesome to practice beforehand with a friend to make sure that you have good chunks. If you go way too far, it's rough. And if you do too little, then you know it can take a really long time. Another technique is to sing it over and over until people really get it. And then you can do things like say, okay, now let's add some harmonies or let's see if we can add a beat or, you know, whatever it is, but just singing it over and over is another way. So this is for songs that are shorter, um, are not as complicated, um, that might be a song that kind of sing over and over anyway. So it's a easy way to do that. Um, another way to teach a song is First, teaching the melody without the words, um, doing that for a while, kind of like how you opened that space in this particular moment that I'm teaching it, or you know, if, if you don't have that luxury to really stop and teach the melody. If it's a complicated melody, it's really helpful to use your hands to show the pattern of the notes. So moving your hand up or down, if the tune is going up, you move it up. Um, and you can also show beat and rhythm. And you know, if, it's, if something is gonna happen next in the song, you can kind of point to the future of it. So if this is something that just sounds completely confusing to you, you find a buddy who's good at using their hand to move to the tune of the song. Another um, another thing to do is really just stop and explain the complexities of the song. Break it down for folks. Like first we repeat this part, and then we all come in together. So so to just really bring people in to be able to get the song. 
taking time to teach a song um, is a point of accessibility, is a point of bringing people in, is a point of making sure that, you know, you're not just uh, prioritizing the people who, you know, already are part of the movement or part of this culture. Um, you know, it's a it's really a moment to to bring more folks in and, and have ownership of it to be able to do it together. So then you feel like, okay, the room's got the song. Then there's an invitation. So um, a big teacher of mine, Rabbi Shefa Gold, does a lot of Jewish chants. And she says that there's three really, really key things to leading a powerful song in a space with chant. Um, and this can be used in other places as well. Um, the first thing is to really set the intention. Um, to give people a reason to, to latch onto the words and to put a part of themselves into that song. So when they're singing it, they're moving that energy towards something, towards themselves, towards something they're fighting for, towards something in the future, towards something they want to heal in the past, whatever it is. But there's something there to, to move towards. The next piece is to like totally get lost in the song itself and just let yourself feel it and get into it, feel the words in your mouth, move your body, get into the beat, um, and really get lost in it. And, and the last is, she says, at the end, have silence. So that, as powerful as the singing is and what you're building in the singing, the silence afterwards is where those, those prayers and intentions go up, they go in, they go out. People can feel something has shifted in the room. And as a facilitator that, you know, whatever you're going into next, the song, if it's like a big uplifting song, you, that song had just entered, just created that energy and you're gonna wanna let the room feel that. If you're in a time where there's been tragedy in your community and you're singing a sad song to bring folks together, that is also a time to really let the room feel it and have that quiet. So, you know, it can go in all sorts of ways. So. When you're introducing the song, you can decide if you want to invite folks to try at the end of the song to really let go into the silence and just let that energy go where it needs to go. Um, also, it depends like who you are, what the community is, but um, once in a while, like asking everyone to really close their eyes and really just get into the music um, is very powerful to shut off, if that's a sense you have, to shut it off and really let people feel other senses and feel the room. So going into the intention of a song, I think after uh, we lead, we are leading this practice, there'll be a little trail off of um, a song that uh, called We Rise. And this song, so I'm, I'm giving you guys an example of how to set an intention here. So... This song is by a dear human named Bati Levine uh, with support by my sibling, Noam Lerman. So a little shout out to these dear people in my life who um, right after Trump was elected, um, Batia gets a text from her friend Margo being like, we need a song. Now's the time for a song. And Batia and Noam had just spent time at Standing Rock and had been deeply, deeply moved by the incredible organizing and uh, just the immense amount of powerful resistance and reaching for um, 
the wisdom of ancestors and the wisdom of of the moment of who has who was arriving and who was fighting and how people were reaching for each other and really working together in this community and so this song came out of Batya with Gnome support in this time when a lot of people were spinning. And in the chorus it says, in hope, in prayer, we find ourselves here. In hope, in prayer, we're still here. So I'm gonna invite us all to recognize that part of you that made a decision to come here today, to be here, to be together in this room and as we sing this song, to affirm that in yourself and to move that forward into wherever we're going today, this amazing agenda we have today that was put together by these amazing people, this is what we're carrying forward today. And then you start the song. And you start the song slow. And you start the song in a way that people can come in. And you want to make sure that you have a really good beat because a beat will keep the room together. You wanna make sure that you're in tune as a facilitator with the rest of the room. If you're like, oh, my dream is that this song is gonna get so high and people are gonna be like jumping out of their chairs and we're gonna be like really going for it and you're like coming in with that energy but you realize the rest of the room is wanting it to be quiet, you're gonna have to like whew, bring that energy back down. Or vice versa, you're like, you want it to be like this really like, Mm, meditative singing moment, but actually the room is like ready to roar, you get to ride that wave and figure out how to how to bring it down, bring it up. And I think that is something as a facilitator that you know and you're gonna get to, to play with. So when it gets time for the end of a song, I think all songs have different ways that they like to end. Um, so one is, you could yourself start to sing a little bit louder and slow the words down, kind of as a cue to the room, like, guess what, we're, we're coming down. Another thing you can do is just yell out, last time, so people know it's the last round, and then people end sharply together. Um, and if you've been stomping or clapping, keeping the beat, you can, you can start to slow the beat to show that it's coming to a close. So these are some tips and tricks for closing. And again, if you can handle it, holding that delicious silence is such a gift and will give back to the room immensely. Enjoy.
thank you to Helen and Ilana for that practice. You can download the corresponding conversation talking about culture design as a key component of movement building, including dealing with internalized oppression as a community, guarding against appropriation as people search for belonging, the role of song and ritual, and celebrating and supporting leadership with Helen, Ilana, and Michal uh, by looking at the episode just before this one. You can sign up to stay in touch with us at healingjustice.org and stay in touch also on social media. The links for our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter are in the show notes. And you can also give an offering in reciprocity and gratitude for this practice in two different ways. One is if you'd like to uh, submit your voice to be shared for a shout out on the show, you can do so by going to healingjustice.org and click the button in the upper right that says share an affirmation. And for a donation to keep the podcast running, you could share a little love note or affirmation to someone uh, or a group of people in the movement who are inspiring you at the intersection of healing and justice. And if it's not so much your thing to do something so public, you can also join us on Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash healingjustice and becoming a monthly sustainer. Even $5 a month makes a huge difference for us. And we're so grateful to each of you who have already made that commitment. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So thank you first and foremost for your commitment to building movements that liberate all of us. Good luck singing together. We're singing with you and we'll hear you next week.